Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Stiff Upper Lip Podcast, where we've been on a temporary, but very well-needed hiatus. Um, Happy New Year, everybody, and also Merry Christmas. Hopefully everyone's had a a nice one, and uh, we can get stuck into some NFL games. Joining us today, of course, is Max Saiten. How are you doing, Max? Let me just take myself off mute since I was having an absolute coughing fit just now. <laughs> My bad. That's, that's how it's going. No, it's, it's fine. Yeah, no, it's been um, a busy festive period. I'm going, not back to work yet, but it feels like uh, it feels like I've been off for six weeks. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and also, Sam Longdon. Sam, how are you doing? Hey, hey. How was your, your holidays? Pair of you? Uh, it was it was pretty good. I've been back to work today, um, and I feel like I'm sort of marionette trapped inside the body of someone who actually has roles and responsibilities, uh, and I hate it. Um, want to be on the sofa eating chocolate coins all day again. I don't think we've had a podcast since your big career development. We actually haven't. Get ah. to update the people. I'm a I'm a registered vet nurse now. A a a look at him, big man moving up in the world. Dollar dollar. Yep. Um. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's it's been a it's been a nice little a nice little break. Fantastic. Well, glad to have both of you both of you here. Um, and of course, if you don't know who I am, I'm Tom. Uh, Usually. How was your festive period, Tom? Mine was mine was good. I got really drunk on New Year's uh, New Year's Eve. I I actually promised myself that I wasn't going to get too hammered. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then what happened is uh, my neighbor's friend's husband brought out uh, a bottle of single malt whiskey, and then rather chalky liqueurs. <laughs> that promise Classic. went right out the window. Alongside some coffee tequila, which I'm not a fan of coffee or tequila, but I must say, pleasantly nice shot. Not so great the way up, though, unfortunately. Mm. But, you know you know when your neighbour's friend's husband rolls up, it's always going to get messy. <laughs> that is entirely true. I mean, he's, a, he's like an old punk, so he, he's sort of used to being on the piss. Uh, and unfortunately... I wasn't prepared for the level of on the piss that he was going to put me through. So nice. Can you can you get him one of those like novelty shirts that's like, yeah, I'm your neighbor's friend's husband, and I'm a Pisces (laughs) because superhero (laughs) isn't quite a title, is it, princess? I will try my best to to find (laughs) a shirt that says exactly that combination of words. And in they've got to be in different sizes as well. So like the uh, husband has to be in like massive, like eighteen pixel uh, font size, whereas everything else has to be in like six pixel font size. It's perfect. Um, Some words are in red. Some letters are in red, but not all of them. It's very off-putting to look at. Some of them you have to get within six centimeters to read. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) perfect. Alright, um, there was a near full slate of games played this week um, and the reason is as to why it was a near slate is unfortunately Monday didn't really happen um, about 
10 minutes into the game uh, in terms of actual game time uh, Damar Ham, uh, Hamlin made a tackle on T Higgins and unfortunately suffered a uh, I think that they're sort of calling it is it a commotion is what they're, they're referring to it as the sort of condition um, where he unfortunately ended up in cardiac arrest we hope all the best for Damar Hamlin um, pray for a speedy recovery and in general that he'll pull through um, one nice thing about this story is that um, he actually had a toy drive fund which coming into the game had about I think it was something like $3,500 on the mark uh, it's now up to th- uh, 3.5 million as of time of recording uh, people have been flooding in to uh, put some money in and you know it's it's nice that the whole NFL world seems to have come together in this instance and sort of unified, uh, wishing all the best for Demar Hamlin and we hope as well. Uh, sports come second, and that's why Monday is going first here. Uh, yeah, it was, it was I not heartening, but when the Bills' defense kind of ended up going back out onto the field because I assumed they had heard that the intent was to continue that Zach Taylor kind of had a a run over to Sean McDermott and they kind of took a fork in that and you know regardless of how the league deals with it or you know anything like that there are people heavily involved with these teams and running these teams that have a, a deep care for for these people that, that put their bodies at risk for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, our thoughts with him and the Bills and everyone that was there that had to kind of see that. But hoping he pulls through. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give like a couple... Uh, extra shout outs not just to the Cincinnati Bengals uh, staff and players and everyone that ball- uh, like sort of banded around the Bills um, but also quite a lot of the people of Cincinnati uh, who have um, some people went and took candles and, and stuff and went to the medical facility trying to basically form like a bit of a sort of prayer circle um, which is a, a very heartening touch um, and I'm also going to give some pre- uh, credit to the actual reporters and announcers and studio members who basically had to turn from um, paid sports reporters into news reporters without any real word on what was going on. And I think, um, was it uh, Ryan Clark who uh, oh, yeah. made some, some great points uh, specifically yeah. highlighting that anybody that thinks that people don't risk everything by coming and playing these games needs to just sort of take a step back and realise that uh, football isn't just a game it's it's yeah. it's a lot of the time the lives of these uh, young men as well so yeah. yeah I mean obviously it's a very different you know situation but Ryan Clark, he had, um, I think it was in like 2000, 
eight or two thousand eleven, maybe I can't remember when. But he was playing the Steelers at Mile High, and he had, I think, like some kind of like rupture in his spleen or his gallbladder, um, and had to have both of those removed, and was in like intensive care for a little bit. And he pulled through, played again, you know, and was able to kind of resume a normal life and just kind of hoping that Damar Hamlin can have that too. Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of... I mean, obviously, with the sport in general, it's sort of taken as writ that we we normalise things like very traumatic brain injuries. Um, and when you're seeing something that is... You know, it's... If you saw someone, if you saw someone dealing with a sort of traumatic brain injury, you know, in the street that maybe like Tua had earlier this year, you probably have an equally styled reaction. But I think once you see something that's outside the scope of normality, um, yeah. it's really Even unsettling and yeah, startling. And obviously, it, it sort of hits home. I mean, a lot of these things, obviously. Like I've seen people say it was that he was it was an injury, and I I don't know whether it was an injury or if this is like a, a heart condition or or whatever. But obviously it's really serious, and you're just glad that um you know it it happens in the one place where if you were going to choose a place to have a heart attack, and being in the middle of a of a <laughs> of an NFL stadium, um with you know two miles down the road from a a hospital with a 24-7 crash team it's not the worst so yeah I think um, the fact that they restarted his heart in the field is just like yeah you, you don't, he doesn't really bear thinking about it and, and we just hope that, that yeah he does make a recovery I think um, <clears throat> it's it is one of those where you don't it's, it doesn't come into normal thinking so hopefully you know, like we saw across this country after the Christian Eriksen incident at the Euros, that you know people were going out and getting trained in CPR and and stuff like that, and and hopefully we can just make sure that <clears throat> in the future any events like this are, you know, people are there to respond and and they'll save lives. All right, um, shall we move on and uh, um, get into the yeah. into the into the games since. Sports second, but we do also have fifty, uh, fourteen other games to talk about, and uh, some big things happened this week from an NFL standpoint. Um, but we'll go back in time to Thursday night and start out with Cowboys twenty-seven at Titans thirteen. Uh, the the main storyline about this game for me anyway was that Malik Willis uh, has been benched and. It sounds as though he'll be benched for next week as well. So um, I know that there was a lot of rumour that this was their ex-GM's pick and that it wasn't a Mike Vrabel pick. But to see Willis getting almost shoved to the side so quickly for Josh Dobbs as well, of all people, it's not even like he's being benched for a, a, a more veteran player. I mean, this is Josh Dobbs who I think only threw about eight or nine pass attempts over the past five years. Uh, backing up Ben Roethlisberger and Mason Rudolph, like he he isn't exactly a veteran in his own right. He's just been in the league for a while, and and Vrabel's already almost given up on Malik Willis, and 
at such an important part of the season, that doesn't bode well confidence-wise for the Tennessee mm-hmm. Titans. Yeah, I I do not understand this like move in any way. It's not like you're gonna be rolling with Josh Dobbs. It's uh, you know obviously Malik Willis is still very like raw. If he's gonna be a a fixture in this league in five six years time, he still has a a, a long way to go. So, like, give him the starts. You invested, um, I know it was only a third-round pick, but you invested a third-round pick in him. What's the point in giving, you know, Dobbs the start over him? I don't don't see it. I think this is only a story because, and obviously I know how redundant it is to say this, but this is only a story because he's a quarterback. I think if you had a (laughs) third-round... If you had like a third round safety, he wasn't seeing the field and getting benched for a journeyman, they probably wouldn't be writing stories about it. But I well, think it's, um, it's, it's entirely really possible big. that it is entirely possible that Malik Willis cannot play the guitar because oh, absolutely. he was he was the third quarterback who came off the board and he was the 86th pick. So if he yeah. if you think if he came out this year with, you know, Caleb Williams and Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. Is he going to be like a fifth round pick like Jake Fromm was or, you know, a day three pick? And in that, if, if he is, it's not really that much of a story because it's just expectations. I think we're sort of <clears throat> on autopilot with regards to talking about quarterbacks. And because he was the third quarterback, it's like there's some intrigue naturally, but mm. it yeah. might be over, being overblown just because he was... It's because we're in a suck in a cycle of talking about three to five rookie quarterbacks, even when the three to five rookie quarterbacks aren't very good. Look, right, all I'm saying is, (laughs) is that don't, don't fucking shit in your hands and clap at me, Max. I can't help it. Wait, are you making this about Kenny Pickett? No, no, God no. What? Where did you get that from? No, I was just making a point about, like, there was a lot of hype about Malik Willis coming into the draft. Like, there was a lot of people saying, like, oh, could he be the first guy off the board? Like, that is just the thing that people were saying. To see him get benched so unceremoniously for Josh Dobbs isn't exactly giving him high praise. But I also don't think that Vrabel's really given him much props. Just sort of like, oh, yeah, I can't... Yeah. This this does this hasn't worked. We'll just get rid of this guy now. Is he has he been like in any way like aided? God no. I mean they're starting yeah. fucking Racy McMath as most of their stat <laughs> like snaps. Their offensive Mess. skill positions are a joke ever since they got rid of AJ Brown, and it has been all year. So like, and they didn't they didn't exactly take the fucking training wheels off him even when he was in. They, they. Yeah. I think that he only threw like twelve passes one week. What, what, do, what are you gonna do to evaluate I, a guy I, in a game situation when you're not letting him throw the ball that often? Yeah, I guess either they think that they've seen enough and they don't believe in him as much as a prospect anymore, or they think it's worthless having him in with this squad and like want to see how he does with some help. Like I mean, they're they're in contention but... for the playoffs, and even if you know they're going to get dumped out, it's still a big thing to do. I mean, it's not like they're going to have that much in, at stake in terms of draft picks. So, to me, I th- I think 
it's entirely plausible and understandable if they're just saying, right, we still think that he could be a guy. He, he's just not ready right now. He doesn't give us the best chance right now. But to say that he doesn't give you the best chance over Josh Dobbs obviously moves what his floor is. And when you move what the floor is by that much, you're probably also moving what the ceiling is. So yeah. you're only naturally going to think like, oh. <laughs> well, that's that's my sort of thinking behind it. It was like a... I know that the Cowboys were almost gifted a free win with, with just how underprepared the Titans are at the moment. But yeah, when when you see a guy that you considered as like, Oh, he could he could at least like replace Ryan Tannehill, and there were people that were saying like, oh, I want Malik Willis to start instead of Ryan Tannehill, and now you're seeing that he's being benched for Josh Dobbs. What what does that say about the future of Malik Willis in this league? We're we're almost through the entire first season, and I I feel a billion times less confident that Malik Willis is going to be out of the XFL in two years' time. <laughs> It, it just, I can think of. It feels like I can that. think of quarterbacks who have barely played in their first three or four years who well, were taken higher than him. Yeah, but even still, although like, to be fair, they haven't been benched for Josh Dobbs. Yeah, exactly. That's quite, uh, that's quite the low bar. Um, do, we, do we have anything to add about the Cowboys before we? Well, yeah, I do, I do have one. Yeah, they should hurry up and get knocked out of the divisional game. round. I do have one little point: is that. Um, Obviously, Tony Pollard's going to be a free agent this year. Malik Davis just looked like a, a guy that they were just going to be like, yeah, Tony Pollard, you can walk. We just have this guy now that will develop and blossom into a guy that will get like yeah. 12 carries for 78 yards and 45 receiving yards a game. And we're fine with that. Uh, yeah. Of course, yeah. Of course they will. Ezekiel Elliott will be there forever. Yeah. getting paid millions and millions and yeah. millions of dollars to have 1.9 yards of carry that's just I'm... what the running back market is like <laughs> other than the Zeke thing it's like they seem expendable and they can just get like a highly ranked or like yeah. a highly rated rookie no matter who some guy you've never heard of before just arrives fully formed and ready to yeah. go well, six even UDFAs for 66 have been... and 3 for 24. <laughs> yeah. Even UDFAs have been like weirdly popping off a little bit recently. I'm pretty sure that Malik Davis was a UDFA, right? So I could not tell you. Couldn't tell you. Um, so, yeah. yeah. It just the running back market, especially for like these nifty, slightly undersized guys like your big power backs will probably still fetch a, a pretty reasonable market i think that josh jacobs will still get paid but oh yeah there's a billion malik davises out there and all of them seem ready to hit the scene so guys if we can just maybe make this the last point on this discussion <laughs> the running back draft of 2022 is is not looking good Brees hall was the first one Ken Walker, you're feeling good about he's... that, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's then all... it's yeah. James yeah. Cook was a second round pick. Okay. Hey, he's improved. He is improved. Okay, wow, he might be the 87th best running back in the league now. <laughs> then a guy called T Tyrion Davis Price, Rashad White in the third round, Brian Robinson and Damian Pierce. Yeah, okay, that's nice. Okay. And then Zamir White, Isaiah Spiller, Pierre Strong Jr., Hassan Haskins. <laughs> Okay, Tyler Algier, yeah, alright. All right. Snoop, Connor, Jerome Ford, Kyron Williams, Ty Chandler, Kevin Harris, Tyler Beatty, Keontae Ingram, Tristan Ebner, who I'm sure played 17 seasons of special teams for the Patriots, 
Britton Brown, and then the last one taken was Isaiah Pacheco. But the, who well, are these dudes? Well, Pacheco. <laughs> but this is how it was in like the 2017 draft. You know the one that like everybody looks at as being like, oh, that was an ungodly year. But like, if you get down into the fifth round, there's a billion and a half uh, Aziz yeah. Abdullahs in there. Like, come on now. Why, why like are we Why are we reading into you. that? Yeah. How many UDFAs have, have actually picked up any starts for teams in the running back way? Because if, if Malik Davis and Jalen Warren were both there, I think I'd take any of those over the like fourth-round running backs right now. You're saying you take Malik Davis over the fourth-rounders. He's had like one game. Yeah, and I'd still take him over some of them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So what we're saying is the outlook is not bright for the running back. Either you hit on a running back with a seventh-rounder like the Chiefs did, a first rounder like the Jets did, or you go for the UDFAs and that's it. Well, the ones that are lucky enough to be tutored by Ezekiel Elliott, they're the, they're the winners there. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's turn our attention then to Sunday night, um, where the Baltimore Ravens, who are still Lamar Jacksonless, starting to look a little shaky. As the Pittsburgh Steelers keep their playoff hopes alive. Oh, wait, I forgot to mention as well uh, with that Cowboys Titans game. Um, neither the Titans nor Jags game affected anything about their playoff ranking at all. It still <laughs> comes down to this week incoming. Apart from like if the Titans had won and the Jags had lost. But with the Jags winning and Titans losing, it still comes down to winning in for either team. Um, so there you go. But, um, yeah, Steelers keep their playoff hopes alive with a 16-13 win, uh, and it came down to the final drive for the second week in a row. And Kenny Pickett delivers with a little bit of a clutch drive for the second week in a row. Um, We obviously missed all of the Christmas Eve games um, and Christmas Day games because, well, it was Christmas, and why are we going to be recording at Christmas? That sounds stupid. Um, But... They have been on a little bit of a tear, and they're actually six and two since their buy. Uh, start well, came into that buy at two and six, and everybody was sort of thinking, including myself, that that the, this team was dead and buried. But for some reason, they aren't dead. They are an undead Pittsburgh team for the second year in a row. Um, they would need the Bills to beat the Patriots, the Jets to beat the Dolphins, and the Steelers to win next week against the unmentionables. But it is still possible. How? I mean, I. So it's just Bills beat pa- Patriots, Jets beat Dolphins. Yeah. And Pittsburgh win. Yeah. Given what we were talking about earlier, the schedule might be a bit up in the air concerning some games, but I, I'd find those three outcomes probable. I too would consider those three <laughs> outcomes as weirdly probable which it feels odd to me yeah. which although i don't know i'd the the jets uh falling out of favor fairly quickly but anyway, that's not that's not who we're talking about no you, you you're absolutely right um do you think um the explanation could be that the steelers played a bunch of good teams at the start of the season who were better than them and then lost a bunch <laughs> of those games and now they're playing a bunch of crap teams who are worse than them. Yes. And now they're winning one of those games. That I like, sounds I like, like my chances of that being true. Yeah, that sounds like exactly what I, for some reason, had to defend to no end 
in a group chat where I was being attacked by just in general complete I was lack not part, of understanding. I was not part of that. About... And if I was, it was just because it was looked like a fun dog pile to jump into. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's been quite a few good dog, uh, dog piles in our, in our group chat this year. Um, and that one probably was one of them from the outside. But it was really fucking irritating. And I'm glad that I've been vindicated <laughs> because the Steelers are still alive at 8-8 eight and eight because they picked up a bunch of wins against bad teams like I said they would. Tyler Huntley is not good. And the Steelers yeah. beat him with with, also, with game game management and a steady run game. It worked. Yeah, and a steady run defense. Like they still got you know hundred like hundred and change I think on the ground. But compared to the last time that they played this the Ravens, yeah, like I mean, they managed to kind of figure out the Ravens' run defense and mush it into the ground yeah i think like 200 yards yeah i think um this was like the first time since 2016 um that two steelers running backs have had over 75 yards in a game and that was uh levy on bell and legarrett blunt so that sort of points out like how effective jalen warren's been in this team as well because he had 76 yards and Najee harris i mean that guy looked like a man possessed in in this game um i haven't seen him look like the top tier running back that he that he was in this game in particular, probably since like the game against the unmentionables in last year's like crunch match in week seventeen. Like he just seems to turn it on in week seventeen. It seems. Um, I think part of that is that he's getting healthier, but I do also think that it's because he's getting used. Like he's he's having twenty two carries for a hundred yards instead of like upwards of 30 at times he's had because we've had no running back too. Jalen Warren has been has been really good. I quite I quite like how that guy runs um and it's nice to see him getting more and more going forward. Plus, what a catch by the way in in the end zone right at the end of the game. Um just overall, I'm I'm very enthused about how this young ass Steelers offense will look. When we fire Matt Canada and his bum ass <laughs> into the sun, because every time that Pickett goes no huddle, he drops a fucking dime like that dart to Stephen Sims in in the two minute scramble drill. And as soon as Matt Canada gets back in charge, we're running like jet sweeps for a yard. Get out of <laughs> here, and then maybe this team won't be so objectively terrible to watch. But still, they're alive, baby. Anything else to add? I just, I don't know. I feel like there's been, I don't know whether there has been like a very gradual improvement by Pickett or. Stop turning it over. Yeah, he only went for like 50% completion this game. He's certainly not trying to do too much. (laughs) But he. The way you've laughed made made that sound like I was jabbing way harder than I actually was. That's that's why that's, I'm... I I mean I mean like he's but yeah I that's, that's, a, that's the pitfall that a lot of rookie quarterbacks fall into they try and do too much and, yeah. and I think that he's was... done he's done enough but you're right they they could certainly do with him being coached up because yeah. I think um he's not obviously been Justin Herbert but he's shown yeah. that he can. 
you know, first of all, that he can, when it's go time, that he can put it out there and, yeah. you know, <laughs> when the game, when, when it's on the line. But, like, they, they don't often move the ball perfectly smoothly and in rhythm. Uh. Well, weirdly, I'd say that they've they've been in in really solid rhythm. It's just as soon as they get into the red zone that it becomes a problem. But like, I mean, Pickett's box score stats still don't look all that great. But then you factor in like he had like a thirty-five yard pass to Deontay Johnson that if Johnson was able to get his second foot in bounds, that goes down. There was a, a great play to George Pickens where he rolls out right hits Pickens on the sideline for another third down conversion but Pickens had stepped out of bounds but like it seems like as he gets more and more cohesion with his wide receivers they get they get more trust in each other I mean Pat Fryermuth now there were four or five plays in that game where Pat Fryermuth was constantly looking around at Kenny Pickett like it reminded me of the Roethlisberger to Miller connection of like, you'd see Roethlisberger take off and scramble away, and Heath Miller had always found himself like a couple yards of space, and it worked out on the like final drive. He's getting more cohesion with his wide receivers, and I think they're trusting each other a lot more. And I think maybe with an, an off season where they can actually work together, because this year Trubisky worked with the ones, and I think that that maybe stunted a bit of like. Pickett's cohesion with the group um, whereas Trubisky had had like a full off season to work with the likes of Deontay Johnson and I mean he, he connects Pickett connects best with George Pickens and that was who he was working with in the in the twos and like he, he worked really well with Steven Sims, he's had a couple of plays to Gunnar Olszewski and it's like those are the guys that he's been working with all, all off season I think now that he'll be working with the ones that's um, that's one to watch but the fact that they're still alive and this is meant to be a, a, a complete turnover year, I'm going to again give some fucking hard props to Mike Tomlin. Um, just a, an overall just ridiculously good coach. Uh, I, I will never understand the Steelers fans that actively want him gone. I understand, like, in the heat of the moment being like, oh, fire Mike Tomlin. Um, but I don't understand the ones that continue it outside of like a heat of the moment thing during a, an, an irritating loss against like the Jets at the start of the year because working wonders at times with bad players uh, does not does not constitute a bad coach and there would be 31 mm. other teams I think that would all be on the phone to Mike Tomlin should we let him go so how about we just ease off on one of the best coaches who still for some reason has a chance of a non losing season outrageous show a move or a playoff win (laughs) (laughs) it was i saw the result for this on my phone and like a little bit about that like kenny pickett touchdown pass like late in the fourth and i was like rest of this game is going to be an absolute fucking slog and I thought it was going to be punts all the way. They punted like twice, but like a lot of these were just like very long drives. Yeah. Which were admittedly quite boring to watch. But there was um, a lot of like steady three yard, four yard, five yard runs from both teams. Yeah. And I think that 
that also has been a thing that Steelers Ravens games have really been known for. You don't really see anybody tear it up big time in the passing game ever. Like good quarterbacks, bad quarterbacks, they've played in these games, and still the running game has to be the one that carries either team. That's just how Steelers Ravens games are. Um, but anyway, yeah, let's move on. Let's move on because we spent a bit too long on this one. Um, there are it. playoff implications, and those were those that we read out at the start. Let's move on to the Sunday slate where the San Francisco 49ers took a trip to the giant ash bowl in the middle of the desert and put on, well, played out a really bloody good game in a duel between Jared Stidham and Brock Purdy. Who would have seen that coming all the way down here in week 17? Obviously the storyline coming into it was that Derek Carr was benched, but Give some give some credit to Jarrett Stidham. Kept the Raiders not only alive, but almost beat the Niners um, until Nick Bosa showed up in overtime and just steamrolled the Raiders' left tackle straight into Jarrett Stidham and caused an interception. But it was certainly a fucking wild game. It did, however, knock out the Raiders from playoff elimination. Yeah, yeah that was a bit of a weird one, wasn't it? Just like... <laughs> It felt like they, they. I I think the it felt like the Raiders would just play a move. House money a bit, like they just they probably didn't have much of a game plan. If that makes sense, they just went in, try and make things easy for Jarrett Siddham, um, and not try and overthink things, which I think, uh, Derek Carr is probably quite, uh, he has a tendency to do that. And on the yeah. the Forty Nine er side, I thought it was a little. They'll be. A little bit concerned to see their defense get gashed like that because that's really what they've gotten this far on. Although the fact that um, Brock Purdy was hanging around in, in a shootout like that and and they ended up winning even though you know the defense did get that play at the end. Oh. All of that was after a special teams gaff in in normal <laughs> time. Um, I think is is also encouraging for them because if you can score thirty five points with Brock Purdy. Even if it is against the Raiders and and an undermanned Raiders defense of that, um, that's that's good because you're not going to have to hold teams to 17 points to win. Very true. Um, CMC had a a very old school CMC sort of game, 121 yards on the ground and 72 in the air. He also had that weird, brilliant like beast angry run going for him where he he trucked a guy. I I forgot that that was something oh. that Christian McCaffrey had in his locker. It was great. Love to see him getting back healthy and actually getting back just mowing guys over when he needs to. Yeah, wonderful to watch. Did anybody else have anything on this one? I didn't watch it, it, to be honest with you. (laughs) (laughs) I I did watch it. I just never expected like Jarrett Stidham and uh, Ray's offense that's just been so hot and cold all year to put this kind of mustard on the 49ers. Like obviously the Niners made some like massive plays that like you know the the inception at the end and, like a really the... bad look for Derek Carr isn't it? <laughs> Ron Rivera should be the Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera should Shit. be the Ron Rivera Shit. should be the senator of Washington. <laughs> I almost I almost <laughs> spat my coffee out. <laughs> Just keep, that, keep that in. 
I accidentally um uh, I Did must you have fall rest- asleep on your keyboard. No, I must have rested my hand on my phone and it, it triggered the Ron Rivera soundbite. <laughs> so I tried to click it again to get it to stop. But then I pressed it three more times. I'm sorry. Fuck's sake. It is a bad look for Derek Carr, you were right, Max. What a terrible It was a good point though. about about Ron Rivera as well, although he yeah. doesn't know what his team's doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's the but only that's point we'll have about him. Yeah, that sounded like we uploaded our soundboard to like those keyboards that you had in DCSE Music. DJ. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, the the Niners defense made made the plays where they like had to. Yeah, play. Nick Nick Bosa yeah. might be uh, defensive player of the year. Oh yeah, I think so. I know that we yeah. sort of said at the beginning of. I think it was maybe about like week seven. I was like, oh, Mike Parsons, defensive player of the year, he's gonna be amazing. And then Nick Bosa's just decided that out of nowhere he's going to be like, okay, now it's my turn. And for the last 10 weeks has been ridiculous. Mm. Uh, but yeah, does, <laughs> does, does this make you feel any different about the... I think there was a number two defense coming into this. Like, uh, in the league. I don't know. It's always... It's a bit of a cliche, isn't it? But it is a bit... When they don't have a tape on what an offense is going to play like... There's a lot yeah, of adjustments that needs to be done, and and they did, they did adjust during the game. I mean, yeah, we're the, still struggling a bit, but it was an improvement. Yeah, there were. I feel like there were quite a lot of Raiders punts in the second half, um, or certainly more than the Niners. Um, but yeah, when you're just kind of shooting from the hip and like asking, you know, one of the best receivers if not the best receiver in the league to like make something for you it, uh, you know it's gonna work sometimes i believe that um with that ridiculous catch that you're sort of hinting at sam the yeah. Devonte adams play he passed Fra- uh, raiders franchise history for the most receiving yards yeah. in a season which i always think if you're gonna if you're gonna break a record you're gonna do something fucking special for it that catch was... I mean, there's yeah. talk about whether or not it should have stood, but I think the rule of cool applied with it, and yeah. it was like, it, it was, was just too cool. It was fucking rad. I, leave it. Goddamn right. I think the rule of cool is, is my personal... Yeah. If we were to have one rule change this offseason, it'd be the rule of cool. Like, mm. if Mike Williams had gotten a a toe out of bounds with that um, ridiculous catch in, in, in the games this week, uh, then I'd have still wanted to st- it, it to stand because yeah. it will cool. It's better that way. I... Everybody loves a highlight play and for it to count. It's great. Yeah. I I mean, you know, uh, hats off to him. Amazing receiver. You know, like we said, just broke the single season record for Raiders. I feel so bad for Devontae Adams. <laughs> like... No, you know. Uh, <laughs> to get played into that team and like to like go be pals with Derek Carr and you think like well, you say like he didn't have a choice in the trade no I know but like the for, for him to make that kind of move and for the team to kind of just crumble around him if he didn't know if he didn't know that Derek Carr was crap, that's on him. Because <laughs> most people do. He probably knew more than most. 
But I mean, I guess if you have a guy that's that like high variance, there's always gonna be the chance that he's gonna fuck it. Certified grass isn't always green on the other side, moment. Ooh. <laughs> Thank you, my love. Okay. You're quite welcome, Sam. <laughs> Hannah just brought me a delicious chicken and lentil curry. Let's move on then um, to, I think, the only other team this week that actually clinched a playoff position, like actually wrapped it up, and that was the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 30-24 to 24 beat, uh, winners. Oh, the G-Men? Oh, you're right. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry, Sam. But He's got a mouthful of chicken and lentils. Quickly. <laughs> Quick. That's the G-Men. They're <laughs> shit. No, no, we're not going to do that. They clinched a playoff position. But no, uh, we're going to go to the Buccaneers-Panthers game because that one had some of the weirdest and funniest moments, I think. I I definitely went on a roller coaster of emotions with Sam Darnold um, in particular. I think uh, one of my friends texted me during it. He was like, Sam Darnold, second coming, we're in. And then he'd like throw an interception and then he'd be like, Sam Darnold, second coming, we're back out again. I think we ended up on like the fifth coming so of Sam Darnold back. at one point. It's it's brilliant. Um, Tom Brady hitting Mike Evans with three identical plays uh, was also really funny. I don't think that Steve Wilkes is going to get kept on as the Panthers coach. They've done well to turn it around, but uh, when you're giving up three identical plays to a man washed over by Father Time himself, it's not it's not going to help out, is it? Well, I wonder if they uh, were really ruining the absence of um, J.C. Horn. Because they brought up Josh Norman, who was working as a barista in his, his mum's coffee shop. <laughs> and, um... Well, I don't want to say he played like a barista. Because, you know, he's... He had a nice pass breakup, and it was a nice story, but they probably do wish they had JC Horn out there. <laughs> I don't think it was even Josh Norman who was responsible for covering on those. Um, But it was a struggle. And the 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 Bucks made just enough plays and um <laughs> um Ike Okonu, who's who's not had the best oh. rookie season got just got he got rinsed yeah. on that game changing force yeah. fumble yeah um which Vita Vea went after like a dog after a Christmas ham I wouldn't even um, really blame Donald for that at all he literally oh, got he, he quite yeah. literally got the snap and before he could even feel pressure running in from behind him he was eating shit into the turf like yeah it's just that's just unfortunate that's just really unfortunate Sam that they they were so close to being still alive next week and and they just needed like one huge game changing play by the defense, and it just never came. They just needed one of those Mike Evans throws to be like flubbed. Just anything, anything along it's, those lines. It would have been better. Let's not get carried away though, because they are ultimately a ten loss team. Yeah, and that's not like unfair. <laughs> no, God, no, it's not unfair. But I think that it, it was still like a with the whole division being this shit to be honest just this awful they deserved to be alive at least not in the playoffs but like if anybody was going to be alive it, i wouldn't have minded yeah. it being the panthers at least no the buccaneers wrap up a playoff position they will be the four seed 
and they will host the Cowboys. They will host the Cowboys. Um, oh no, wait, it's not well, guaranteed yet. It's not guaranteed but... because if the Cowboys win and the Eagles lose, the Cowboys get the one seed or maybe the two seed, depending on the 49ers game. And the Eagles, they get the five seed. But it's looking very likely that it it will probably be the Buccaneers that host that, the Cowboys. That is quite annoying because I I absolutely want no more Buccaneers and absolutely strictly necessary this season but I I just feel in my heart of hearts like the Cowboys would obviously just eat shit like going to Tampa I think you're giving the Bucks a little bit too much credit because they aren't very does that, good does that not just seem like the most Cowboys thing yeah it yeah, does of course it does. It really, but also really does. the Bucks oh, really America's team <laughs> This is what it's been about in the picks. It's either like this team is is better than this team versus uh, no, I can definitely see that happening. Hey, some of us have been backed into a corner. Yeah. Um this is a, this is a wounded animal week. Yeah, it, it it totally is. Max and Sam are both right up against the wall in the in the in the picks. I think that Sam oh, you okay. need like a huge you need to be picking against me like at least eight picks this week, I think, in order to stand if, a chance. If I if and I'd for that picked, to work out, if I'd picked um with my heart and not my or with my head and not my heart, no, what the fuck did I do? If I hadn't picked against my own team because I I have that as a rule, I would have closed the gap. Should have thought about that. Shouldn't Three. You? I did think about it, and I'm content with my no, decision. You, you've closed the gap to uh, four. No, because it was four. We don't need to get into it. I'm five games ahead, Max. You are now because you got two over me, and or you got one over me because you got the Dolphins Patriots game and the Packers Vikings. If, if you won. get one less game deficit, please don't, please don't make me edit any more out. Yeah, it's a good point. Let's let's move on. As swiftly uh, to a team that's probably facing a bit of a wounded animal moment themselves next week. The Miami Dolphins, 21 at 23 against the New England Patriots, uh, who, I mean, there are teams with bad offenses that have made the playoffs, but something about this Patriots team making the postseason with Matt Patricia calling maybe the worst offense i've seen out of a team with over 5 wins ever um feels wrong to me uh but the spirit of their defense alone has dragged them kicking and screaming um and they sit at 8 and 8 and not only that they are win and in they control their own destiny the dolphins i believe are also maybe winning in but they would need the Bills to beat the Patriots as well. So the Patriots are in the, are in the driver's seat here, providing they don't eat shit against Buffalo. How has that happened? Um, uh, it's, the, the, it's a parity year. <laughs> There's been a lot of crap teams. Um, and the Patriots... Yeah, even by the standards, it is bizarre, isn't it? Like, I think it's it's probably to do with recency bias because they started off okay, whereas 
other teams start off slowly and are coming on strong, so it affects how we think of them. But no, but the the problems with the Patriots have have been the problems with them all year. Is in they don't have an offense, they don't score points, but they could they could run it earlier in the year at least. But that but even still, it's been mostly their defense and special teams that's been that's been really carrying. Like they've had a couple big moments out of like Ramondre Stevenson, but. If you look at how many Patriots defenders have made like huge plays, I mean Kyle Duggar's come on big time, but even still they've been having like muffed punts go their way or blocked kicks go their way or punt return touchdowns late in the game against the Jets, for example. Like there's so many of those games where they've won by one score and it's been their defense that's done it, and they've I feel like their offense only averages like ten points a game, their actual offense that is. They really are truly atrocious, and they have been all year from an offensive standpoint. But their defense has been just outrageously good at getting these crucial scores. Um, and I know the well, Dolphins that's are, what in, the, are in big trouble. The Bill Belichick Patriots have looked like since Tom Brady left. Though. Yeah, they never have an offense, but they always do just enough in the other two phases to get through. Um, yeah. Which is why they won all of those bloody Super Bowls because they had a like elite offense. Um, when Brady was there, so it's just yeah, not an inspiring team, never an inspiring team, and one that I can't wait to go home because you're right. The fact that that was the second pass they completed in the end zone was this week, um, all season. That is just diabolical. Yeah, which of the three teams that are still alive in the AFC wildcard hunt, and I'm not gonna say that like. The Jags are alive in the wild card because I think realistically, because of how many scenarios they would need, like they'd need all of the teams that are ahead of them to lose, and there's four teams. I think right, but if they win, they'll win. But the if division. they win, they win the division. So I'm not going to count them as like alive um, in this wild card hunt. But which of the three teams would you like to see the most out of the Dolphins, Patriots, and Steelers? I think we can probably all cross off the Patriots because of how boring they are. But... To be honest, it, it would be the Dolphins because the Dolphins are the most exciting team to watch. Like, I mean... Without Tua Tungvaluwa, though, what would you... Well, they, he might be back, which but... is concerning in some ways. It's concerning even... either way, isn't it? Even with two-glove Teddy back there, they kind of looked alright until he broke his hand or whatever, slapping a Josh Uche um, on the follow-through. Um, but I don't... I don't think that... Yeah. I think, as a neutral, I think it would probably be the Dolphins, because their offense is pretty good, and their defense is pretty bad, which means that they tend to play in fun games to watch as a neutral, whereas the other two, their defense is really good, but their offense is for the Steelers sort of like probably just below average, and for the Patriots well below average. So it doesn't, even as a Wisconsin Badgers fan, it's not really conducive to a rowdy evening. Entirely fair. Um, chances then for the Dolphins, they would have to beat the Jets. They're gonna be starting apparently Skylar Thompson, who. Uh, I mean, when I stamp Tyler, Skylar Thompson's foot and say, hello, starting quarterback, Mr. Thompson, he elbows <laughs> the next guy and says, I think he's talking to you because he is just 
not it. He is not a good quarterback at this day and age, at this time in his career. I mean, he's he's probably better than Malik Willis is in terms of do the Dolphins trust him? But that's only because they've actually had to see tape on him because of how injury prone all their quarterbacks are. This is this is not inspiring against the Jets team that actually has a defense. Oh dear. Yeah, to be honest, um, it ma- it makes me think about the what we were talking about the rookie quarterbacks earlier because it it'll either be Pickett, Thompson who's a rookie, or in all likelihood it should be Baby Zappi who's also a rookie. Um, and they're all not as good as Brock Purdy, who was the last taken after all of them. <laughs> not as good right now. Sorry, Chaffers. Not as good right now. Yeah. Uh, but they, they don't get to play for Carl Shanahan. I was about to say, comparing Brock Purdy and Kenny Pickett when one of them is is coached by Molasses, the man, and Brock Purdy is coached by the quarterback god. Like, come on now. There's a reason he was picked seventh round last overall he's another one on the 49ers bandwagon or like the conveyor belt of teams who play like or like quarterbacks who just come up look really good like CJ Beathard did for a bit Nick Mullins yeah. and then like it's like three years later and like where the hell is that guy yeah, yeah. oh he's working at Kmart okay. <laughs> um, okay moving on uh, I'm gonna start running through these a little bit quicker. We'll we'll get to the like other window games, so to speak. Um, and it feels weird to demote the number one seed in the NFC to this window, but here they are. Second week on the bounce, Jalen Hurts has missed, and second week on the bounce, they have taken a fat L. And this week it was against a truly truly bad team in the New Orleans Saints, who have been confirmed dead after the Green Bay Packers won. And yet they still managed to beat the Eagles and they didn't really have to try all that hard and, and Gardner Minshew isn't very good. And, oh, Philly, don't throw this away, Philly. Don't botch this. You had a well, chance had some... to have the bye. Please don't botch this. They've had some really bad injuries. Like, they've had some bad news on the injury fronts, which... Um... Mm. I think what was really interesting was that the way that the Eagles really got quite significantly outmuscled on both. Well, actually, their defensive line held up okay. Yeah. But their offensive line certainly was getting all kinds of trouble from the Saints' defensive line. Lane Johnson's out for probably the rest of the regular season. I know that they're talking about him being back massive. for the playoffs, but like that is huge for next week. Really and I think, quite significant. I think... That's probably one of the big differences because you would not have thought that they would have been capable of a, a defensive performance quite that bad after what we saw um, against the Cowboys because they they lost yeah but they obviously looked a world apart on offense and then they were going with them for most of the, the kept up with the Cowboys for most of the game so. Yeah, hugely concerning, and um, I just wonder, I just wonder if they would rush Jalen Hurts back just so that they could have him off for the bye, um, because that is risky, but I don't think anyone's 
I don't think anyone's questioning his value to the offense anymore. Let's, let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, it's weird that you mentioned, by the way, the 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 Eagles defense like getting outmatched because they still had a ridiculous number of sacks. Um, they they actually I don't know if anybody saw this. They had they have sixty eight sacks on the year, which is tied for fourth most in history through sixty eight games yeah. of a season. They now don't also they will have die. another game next week where they can take the lead over the Buddy Ryan's nineteen eighty four Bears, um, which had 72 sacks i think if i'm not mistaken this is the only time in nfl history where a team has had four players four different players with 10 or more sacks um yeah hassan reddick josh sweat javon hargrave and brandon graham have all had (laughs) have all had josh Josh sweat got hurt as well yeah yeah um so yeah it's, it's pretty wild to be honest they've been absolutely just harassing quarterbacks all year well, that's how they had they. That's how um, they managed to have so much success um, in the year they won the Super Bowl. Because if you remember that team, they were had yeah. great pass rushing depth yeah. that they could bring at the end of of games, and it really saw them over the line. So they're obviously going for sort of the same thing. But if Josh Sweat is hurt, mm. and they're not going to be able to force teams into obvious passing situations at the end of games, it is really going to temper that. So it's on, certainly one to watch. Like it. It was a it was a battle stew in the Eagles camp. Yep. And Devonta, <laughs> Devonta Smith did Devonta Smith get hurt as well? Um, I'm not sure. I know that he uh, he had nine catches sure. for one uh, one fifteen, but I didn't see whether or not he got hurt or not. It might have just been like a went back into the game or something like that. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Um, all right, moving on then to the probably the funniest game I think of the week. Uh, the Green Bay Packers hosted <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings, who had a real legitimate shot to get right up to the one seed. They they it was in reach after the Eagles had taken the the L, and then the Green Bay Packers happened at Lambeau Field, and it just fell apart in the most ridiculous way Max would you like the honours of taking the lead on these receipts yeah so the last time that we spoke to you I think it was just after the Packers had come back from a pretty significant second half deficit to beat the Bears in Chicago and it was like they'd just been on a 1-7 and seven skid after starting 3-1 and one, and they were 4 or, or they'd recovered to 5-8 and eight after that and it was just like, can we start Jordan Love now, please? Can we just like wrap this up and, and get out of here? Um, and now they beat the Bears. Um, they convincingly beat the Rams, which at the time was like, yeah, obviously. But after they then smacked the Broncos, you were like, oh, yeah. But actually now, now it kind of doesn't look as good again. Um, yeah. And then obviously they beat the Dolphins and there was a two concussion thing. And then they had this game where they just flat out dominated, really. Um, and I think a lot of the things that were happening to the Packers during that horrible run, they're kind of getting the rub of the green in the other direction now. Um, like, obviously, they've had some injury luck go their way and injury misfortune for the opponents. They've had turnovers, which are famously, like, not really consistent, um, but they really impact the game, so... They're, they're kind of getting the turnovers that they weren't getting earlier in the year. And I think 
Matt LaFleur's done a really good job of sort of taking the team back to basics. I mean, I noticed in this game, Aaron Rodgers was reading from the wristband. He was reading the plays out, and when he's doing kill, kill, and tapping his helmet before the play, all of the other team players on the team were going back to him, which I think stems back to a pretty funny fourth down, fourth and goal where Christian Watson just like... Rod, uh, it was while we were away, <laughs> I think it might have been against the Rams, maybe, or the Bears, where Rodgers is like staring at Christian Watson before the play. Like on like a fourth thing or like a third and goal, staring at him, and Watson looks back and he's like, okay, okay, and then he just throws the ball and Watson doesn't even turn around to look at it. So I think after that they were like, okay, let's just shift it back. So I think it's a good coaching job just to get the offense on the same page, and they they really dominated the Vikings. They were just able to run it like the pass game's still not where it needs to be, but with Aaron Jones they were able to just run for six or seven a clip, especially running off end. Um, so that was quite satisfying. Obviously, the Vikings were unlucky there. Second string center got Whoa. a broken leg in like the, the first or the second possession. And after that, their offensive line was just a mess. They had about six pre-snap penalties on the offensive line. Kirk Cousins did not know what he was seeing. Jair Alexander did a really good job of shutting <laughs> down Justin Jefferson. I think he almost made him cry. At one point, <laughs> I think he, he almost God. he almost made him hit a referee with a um yeah his helmet and then and then he said he should have been taunting uh, for Jai hitting the gritty in his face, which I thought was, <laughs> but he was he was pretty um I think he was pretty <clears throat> upset about how the game had gone, and I think he was probably frustrated because he at the end of the day it says one catch for fifteen yards. People are saying, "Oh, Jai took him out of the game." Blah, 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 blah. Um, but really, I think he did get open quite a bit. Oh, but yeah, by the end was, of the game, Kirk Cousins was not seeing him at all. He had one play so, where I think he was getting covered by like a Preston D lineman. Smith. Yeah. And yeah. and Cousins just never looks at him ever. And that's and where, then he I holds think that's on to where the fourth fumble came from, right? Yeah. Kenny Clark just bulldozed through yeah. the fumble yeah. and picks up himself. And Jefferson was <laughs> literally wide open because, like, it's bad enough trying to cover Justin Jefferson when you're an elite cornerback, but trying to cover him with Preston Smith, like, if anything, that was probably more of, like, a, a coaching whoopsie. But Kirk Cousins was just so in his own head, which, yeah. unfortunately, he, had he a has a tendency to do it. He had a thousand-yard stare um, on the sidelines a bit, and I think that is going to be the concern for the Vikings, but the, what they need to do is, when Jefferson's not there, they need to get him chucking it to Hawkinson and Osborne, because they're really good threats, and... and in second and third reads, um, they get open a lot. And as as long as Kirk knows what he's seeing, he can really deliver it. But when he doesn't know what he's seeing, he just like goes in his shell. And it, they really struggled. And and the Packers got four turnovers, three picks, and a fumble, and they turned it into twenty eight points. And when you add the Keyshawn Nixon return touchdown, which was a great, I can't remember the last time the Packers scored a return touchdown. <laughs> Amari Rogers was not scoring return touchdowns, so. He's given them a real spark, and um, it was nice to have the sky cam, like the spider cam angle of him just juking Greg Joseph out of his shoes. Yeah, um, that was <laughs> that's quite entertaining. And I was thinking about how after week one, I think after week one, me and Ed hadn't got into a tiff on this show where I was saying it, it wasn't as close, or it was a closer <laughs> game than it looked, and and Ed was saying it was the most thorough win you're likely to see. Um, oh, I remember. Well, <laughs> no, no, it was the Vikings are not as bad as that game, and the Packers aren't as good. But 
the Vikings have got it in them, and I think that's they've got they've got a, like any time they get down, it's literally like that. You know that meme where you're standing at the fork, like in the road between like clouds and sun and rainbows and and like a horrible nightmarish landscape. Yeah. That's just like Kirk Cousins when he gets down by two scores. <laughs> it's like either win on the last minute by three. Or like lose by thirty-two. It's been um, like a really weird week for for most of the Vikings fans that are like, oh, this team's like, I mean, it's at least good that they're winning these close games. I've been seeing a lot of it since the Colts game, um, in particular, where it's like, oh yeah, I know that we were down thirty-three nothing to the worst team in the in the league, but trust me, guys, it's better that the the they're like this because at least we're winning these close games. Uh, where, what what happened, fellas? What's going What's going on? You could have won the, You could have had the one seed. What, what I was talking what was to. Going on? I was talking to you about this yesterday, Tom. Um, how I've been thinking. Uh, there's something from a, a regular football soccer podcast, the Tifo podcast, that I've been thinking about. Where they said that when a team wins a lot of games in close games or they get a little bit lucky or or have a bit of a fluky win you start to convince yourselves that there's like reasoning behind the madness that the team is built in a way that allows them to win these close games rather than just like accepting the natural chaos of things and and realizing that maybe a team just got lucky a lot of times in a row and the vikings i don't think there have been any 12 win teams in nfl history of a, a points difference of minus 19 so they're a total statistical anomaly like they they do have this in them and when they lose they lose badly but they have won 12 games and and you can't really yeah it's true verify that i don't i I wouldn't have them as my nfc favorite but like they they probably no i wouldn't have them as my nfc favorite but they they would be i don't know they would be the giants again probably (laughs) um in terms of playoff implications, obviously this means that the Vikings not only didn't get within a, a win of the one seed, and I'm pretty sure that as a result they are now eliminated from one seed contention, um, but it also means that they dropped to the three seed because the 49ers won. And in terms of the Packers, well, they they crucially, like the Patriots, hold their own destiny in their hands. It is win and in. No other playoff scenarios are needed them to claim a playoff position which i think it's been pretty good going considering they went on that yeah. one, and se- one and seven run at one point <laughs> i would not have shake i would not have shaken a stick at that when they were four and eight yeah. and i think um it's that's going to be a great game uh, in green bay against detroit because it is possible that detroit might be knocked out of the playoffs if the seahawks beat the rams earlier in the day yeah. but you know that dan campbell's going to have them fired up to play because He's going to, I mean, it's, it's not been the case, obviously, this year, but he's going to be telling them that the Packers have been bullying them for years um, <laughs> and they're going to be in certified kneecap biting mode. So it's <laughs> yeah. it's going to be a great game to watch either way. And, yeah, To have a primetime win or go home game is more than yeah. I could have hoped for. Yeah. And I mean, it it would have been amazing if it was the same situation for the Lions, but... Considering where they were last year, you know, take what you can get. Absolutely. 
All right, um, let's move on then to a team who actually did wrap up their playoff position. Didn't need a winning in week week 18 game. And they did it in style by beating, well, they were the Colts, but they beat them in style. 38-10 to winners, the New York Football Giants, back in the postseason since when? 2015, 2016? That was the first time. And they lost to the Packers. The G-Men! They did it! They're back. Aren't we all excited? <laughs> Isn't that nice? Dead this is what happens up. to this is what happens to deserving teams. Because okay, a lot of a lot of the and like this actual game, it was good. They played very well. They played against the worst team or one of the worst teams in the league. Probably the worst, given that the Texans have been putting up a bit. But anyway. It's like this team has like improved so much this year. Like they really have. Like the uh, the personnel still leaves a lot to be desired. Like the receiver situation, yes. Richie James, Isaiah Hodgins, they've like they've come on. One day Robinson, less so, but like they're. The O lines tightened up. Like Danny Dimes had an amazing day, threw for two touchdowns, ran for two touchdowns. It's a uh, like I think they're looking more like uh, a kind of methodical version of the team that, like at the start of the year, got a shit ton of fluky wins. Like they're starting to look more like a team that might actually deserve some of those wins. Yeah, they're definitely more, they're winning in a more sustainable way, and they're also much less reliant on Saquon Barkley, um, who I think is a free agent this summer, isn't he, or do they? Uh, yeah, uh... They, they've said that they want to bring him and Daniel Jones back, <clears throat> they just haven't agreed a deal to do that yet. Okay, I mean, it'll be interesting to see, because I don't know if um, Saquon Barkley has like a full 17 game season in him anymore after all the injuries like yeah. performer you know he he, he performed at an incredibly high level earlier this year where you know i think he probably still wins comeback player of the year to be honest but yeah they've they've not been as nearly as reliant on him. and he actually had a didn't he have like a a ridiculous amount of yards in this game um he had 91 he... on the ground right yeah um, and he had, he had like, I think he had like 20 or so receiving. Maybe. Oh, okay, right. But, but I mean, 100 was... yards is like, earlier in the year, they were relying on him to go like 180, 190. And so, yeah, yeah I think it's, it, it bodes really well for them. I don't, I mean, this is obviously a conversation for in the offseason. I, I don't know if I would personally choose to bring back um, Danny, but he's, he's earned it. I mean, yeah, he's, I he's made them a competent team. Yeah, like, especially if you can get to the point where a bit more talent on offense, like, in the in the passing game, <laughs> if if that can kind of fall into place and you don't have to lean on Saquon as much, like, I, I really do think that could be the, the bones of a, a very good offense. But, I mean, at the end of the day, he's never going to... I think your hopes for Daniel Jones would be, like, what, top... 15, like, a 16 quarterback in the league? Like, he's, he's never going to be 
up there, but if this is how they've managed this team with this poor personnel, I th- I genuinely think that if they can get some more talent in there, like they could be coached to a point where he can like make them tick. Yeah, entirely fair. Um, Sam, just a quick point, just to stay on Daniel Jones before we move off of the game and really crack through the remaining few. Um, How nice does it feel to think that at the very start of this endeavour, in the pilot episode sat in Ed and Emma's old kitchen... Um, we were all we were all clowning on Daniel Jones, and it's been a it's been a proper uphill battle that we have we have basically been vindicated in the outlook that he wasn't very good, and that it was a bit of a reach in the draft and where where he was taken. Um, how nice is it to to not only be able to just shut the hell up everybody else <laughs> at that table? I never get to shut the hell up anyone else. Yeah. Do you want the honours? Do you, would you like the honours of reminding me to play the sting, but uh, from your own point, or would you like to say those words yourself? Um, you know what? Drop, drop that sting. Shut the hell up. That's for all the Daniel Jones haters out there. Because in absolutely dare. classic fashion, he spoke over the sting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the best bit. Uh, all right. Shall we move on then? Absolutely. Okay. Oh, yeah. We are we are now going to crack through. I think there are one, two, three, four, five, six games. Oh. There's only no, it's all right. There's only oh, five that I'm at all matter. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, nice. and we will get through one of them right now. The Jacksonville Jaguars, thirty-one three winners away in Houston. Uh, I believe that this now means that the Texans have secured the one seed, if I'm not mistaken. Um, or do they still need to lose one more game or the I think they still win? need to lose one more. Okay. Yeah. But it's pretty much in the bag. Yeah, it's pretty much in the bag. Funny that the the, the Jags, um, despite a marked improvement from Trevor Lawrence these past few weeks, um, they won this game this comfortably with Trevor Lawrence playing such a fine, routine game. 152 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. Um they didn't need it the Texans are really that bad everybody and as a result it now means that the Jags are winning in uh, in the AFC South good to see that we're finally getting some closure Jesus Christ (laughs) (laughs) I yeah the the Jags the Jags deserve this man like the the AFC South kind of owed it to us to produce a, a good, interesting team now that the Texans are being... Not the Texans. Now that the Titans are being taken out to the woodshed. Uh, they're, they're just thoroughly enjoyable. They're fine. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely been market improvement. And to be honest, it's been more exciting about the chase of the Jags making up this ground that the Titans got on them right at the beginning of the year. I think if the Titans had still been able to just sleepwalk into the playoffs despite being truly, truly shit for three weeks in a row, I think I'd have felt a lot worse about the whole division. Um, but at least we've had a fun chase to watch. That's been nice. Are they still 7-8? and 
Eight or eight and eight. Yeah, the Jags are eight well, and eight, and uh, I believe so are the Titans. So, that's about right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anything else about this one? Um, no. Nope. Sorry, hang on. Oh, we're done. <laughs> yeah, no, hang on. Ron Rivera should be the senator. Ron Rivera should. Ron Rivera should be the senator of Washington. Ron That's Rivera amazing. should be the senator of Washington. Uh, what I'm saying. Uh, Hang on. Sorry, what, I'll, what? I'll be right with you. Um, Beth's just ordered an Iceland shop and it's just arrived. Um, How much of it oh. is freezer? Oh, it's all freezer stuff. Yeah. <sighs> How much of it is freezer stuff? <laughs> no, it's okay. Well, I'll, still... no, I'll, be like, I'll put it away after. Just like. It's freezer things. Iceland shop. <laughs> How much of it's in the freezer? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, whole, the whole thing. Um, How right. many of it? How much of it do you think is Craig's official? It's not. Oh, to be honest, God. all of it is is like Beth's meal prep from the looks of things. It's like uh, it's some like my protein collaboration or something. Eight, eight kilos of frozen chicken thighs. <laughs> I think I think you're probably not far off. <laughs> okay, shall we? Uh, shall we do the last four games of any substance at all? Yes. Cool. <laughs> Jets six, Seattle Seahawks twenty-three. At Sorry, Field. I just remembered the last podcast we did. You were like, "Shall we do the last few games?" And Ed said, "No." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was fun. That was really good. Um. No, 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 no real opportunity to do that right now because the Jets have been eliminated, uh, and that was worth mentioning. The Seahawks stay alive, but only if the Lions beat the Packers at Lambeau and they beat the Rams themselves. But there you go. I I must admit I didn't really watch anything of this game. Sad finish to the end to the uh, end of the Jets season, really, isn't it? Yeah. To put six points up against a not great. Yeah. What what like what kind of what's happened to the defense? Um, well, they just the the amount of strain that's put on them by how bad the offense is, I mean. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, I guess when you're just three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. Yeah. The the um the the Seahawks did a good job of targeting um well uh, for great stretches, they did a good job of staying away from the cornerbacks and targeting the tight ends, which was a bit of a Soft spot, maybe. Yeah, um, Colby Parkinson had a uh, pretty nice day in just terms of like overall safety valve factor for a guy like Colby Parkinson. Yeah, but I I don't think I don't really think um, the Seahawks they have not got the same spark they had at the start of the year. Um, oh yeah, I just think. It's probably going to be... They'll probably be the Rams. They're probably not going to get into the playoffs. Entirely fair. Yeah. Um, um, to be honest, they they deserve exactly that. And the Jets are stuck. Because they're not going to have a top pick. And all the free agent <laughs> quarterbacks are just mid. So they're going to have like Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo or something next year. Well, that's and what they, I think. I think that Jimmy no, G to, to New York is a... Yeah, as done a deal as you could possibly get 
especially now Brock Purdy's been like clearly normal in yeah. Kyle Shanahan's system. Like, <laughs> clearly normal. <laughs> yeah, clearly good enough to play football. Yeah, I mean, like if they have someone like that, like even if they do like, want to stick with Trey Lance when he's back, like they have no need to keep Jimmy G there. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of given me. Um, that's slightly giving me. Uh, like that's giving me bad vibes to be honest because I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo can. Play a full season, and I just think the Jets, if they go and get him, would just be stuck in the same, same situation they are now. Potentially, um, but that's for the off season. Hey, they have a great, they have a great backup quarterback in Mike White. They don't. He's not he gonna be going to be on the roster yeah, next year. He's a free agent. Hey, they could bring him back. He wasn't even that great. He just had a, a he had the Zach Wilson game, but without <laughs> the pressure of being Zach Wilson. It's literally, it's literally time for Joe Douglas to um, put him up and go and get a guy. Like, just mortgage your future, mortgage everyone's jobs, because otherwise it's just going to be slow rot. Agreed. Let's go on um, to the Detroit Lions, who are the other team in that like trifecta of playoff scenarios in the NFC. They beat the shit out of the Bears, forty-one to ten. Um, I remember. Uh, Back during that one and seven uh, rot that the Packers went on, that Max here was taking some real shit from uh, a pair of other NFC North contingents uh, about yeah, but at least it wasn't the Lions, and now the Lions <laughs> are not only a playoff contender team, uh, but they beat the ever living piss out of the Bears twice this year. That's that's a sweep. That's funny. What a great time to be a Chicago Bears fan. Oh, wait, I have a soundboard drop for that. What a glorious time it is to be a Chicago Bears fan. Turns out I, I prepared for that. 41-10. <laughs> God, the Bears are not good. They aren't good. Chase Claypool trade working out better and better every day for the Steelers. The Bears are not good. Thank mm. you for saying that on my behalf. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you went to bat for me there, like some sort of Elon Musk fan. Um, whoa, hey, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Consider just you far more likeable and easy to go to bat for than Elon Musk. Come on now. Yes, 1-0. Um, <laughs> no, I think um, I, it's just it's just funny that you were the, the guy with the receipts. Um, no, yeah, the Bears, I don't know really what they're playing at because they should either just... If they're bad, they should commit to being bad and maybe protect the face of the franchise and not have him get it. Sandwich between two beefy dudes and then um, throw a pretty horrific interception to Aiden Hutchinson at the end. I mean, it was the end of the second half, so it didn't really matter. It just visually looked quite dark. <laughs> it was so funny. It was literally no. The Lions literally sat everybody back in coverage. Nobody rushed. The whole O line was just sort of stood there, like, "What do we do?" And <laughs> he still threw it to fucking Hutchinson. Oh, <laughs> just, it was silly. It was just a visually brilliant, dumb play. Mm. Oh, top draw. No, it was it was a silly play. On, on the Lions' part, they sort of like obviously they lost last week after going on a mad run, and it was kind of like, well, is the magic gone here? 
um, they came out and handled their business. They they were like, look, they, it was like they wanted to prove a point. And with Jameson Williams back, the running backs are healthy, getting involved. Boy, yeah, I would I would not want to face the Lions in the NFC playoffs. Um, granted, we're not technically facing them in the playoffs next week, but we kind of it, a, a facsimile of of that. Um, <laughs> they could be a really good team, or I don't know. Jared Goff comes out, plays in Lambeau in January, and turns back into a pumpkin for the fifth year in a row. It's possible. <laughs> also. It could happen. Who's... And in terms of, has he got something? Yeah, I thought that it sounded like you had something. You desperately (laughs) scrambling for a take. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know the lions, uh, they're good, aren't they? (laughs) (laughs) I hadn't thought of it like that before. Uh, Wait, let me. Um, in a in a in a. In a work, in a in a walkable. Let's go. City. Kansas City Chiefs twenty-seven, Denver Broncos twenty-four. The the last three of these either had no playoff seeding changes whatsoever, or uh, were in general not even playoff games. But the Chiefs beat the Broncos. It was the first game since Nathaniel Hackett got fired. Broncos country, let's ride. Russell Wilson came out slinging the rock, and then forgot that he was meant to be. Uh, a $50 million quarterback. Oh, God. Through a dreadful interception. He ran for a couple, though. Broncos actually stayed alive in, in a game at Arrowhead. Their fans can really rejoice about that in a 4-12 and season. Good job, Denver. You weren't quite as shit to get blown out by the Chiefs this year. <laughs> he, he ran for, like, almost 30 yards. It was impressive. They could have really done with that running this year. Yeah. It was like he forgot how. Well, maybe he was being told not to. Interesting Ooh, thought. Oh, maybe. Um, yeah. The it... have been removed from Russell Wilson. You know what? <laughs> Hold I don't up. know who the Broncos... Let him cook. <laughs> I don't know who the Broncos are playing next week, but if they come out and win and they score like 31 points, oh, no, do you know what? I'm not even going to suggest what the Broncos <laughs> might be. <laughs> They play the Chargers uh, at home. I've Ooh. played this game too many times. I yeah. am not trying to predict. You are, you are the thinking. singular proponent of this game. It's just <laughs> you playing like solitaire. <laughs> yeah, I'm better at solitaire than I'm at forecasting the Broncos' fortunes, though. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, Rams ten at Chargers thirty-one. Chargers just, I believe we're already the five seed they now most likely will remain the five seed good good job unless i've got that wrong and maybe they've just slipped into the five seed because the ravens which means they would be traveling to jacksonville or uh yeah 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 jacksonville um that'd be a fun game that would be fun I, i preferred it when it was uh charger versus bengals i think that would have been way better Sorry, this feels like it was six years ago, but the Jaguars utterly deconstructed the Chargers the first time they played this season. Do you remember that game? Oh, yeah. Yeah, It was like an incredible thrashing, and then we had Nick Deal come on the podcast 
back the Jaguars to the tip to the team, <laughs> and then they <laughs> have an incredible slow. But he's he's laughing at us now. Um, I'm sure. Uh, in his little <laughs> in his little house, wherever he is. Um, and it would be an interesting rematch because a lot has changed since then. Um, a lot has changed. But weirdly, I kind of think the same thing might happen because the Chargers. I can see it. You know, it's like watching, it's like watching Bambi cross the motorway. <laughs> Come on, Bambi, you can do it this time. Oh, <laughs> the Scania's come along. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Um, He's got taken out by a massive truck with a huge Rangers flag in the back of the cab. <laughs> oh. I think uh, I think that, that pretty much just sums us up pretty uh, pretty well. Let's get out of here. Check us out on Twitter at StiffLipPod. We'll be back at some point during week 18 to recap everything that happened in an extension of the playoffs. So come join us then. You can check us out on our brand new YouTube channel, which basically just posts these videos, but in video format. It's lovely. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Hope everybody... Is that next week when all of our teams might be in the playoffs? They could be. Happy Most new likely year. won't be, but they could be. Happy New Year if you celebrate. Packers back. Uh.